You are listening to Tuesday Takes with the Tommy Experience. Tune into the ColorCast app on Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Central Time to listen to the show live, chat with the boys, and maybe even be on the show. Download the ColorCast app or go to TommyExperience.com for more information. And now, here's the show. favorites. I might just scale back on like the closer games um, and just kind of go cream of the crop, like kind of what you did today where you went City and Via. Uh, or is that who you went? You went to two Premier yep. League games, yep. you said? That's what I did. Yeah, that 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 might be what I start doing. Just doing like two or three, maybe do like today, like Bayern, Man City, you know, and yeah. get the big guys and just parlay two or three instead of trying to really reinvent the wheel with eight or nine soccer picks. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, well, this is Tuesday Takes uh, with the Tommy Experience. My name is Tommy. That's Jason. Um, did a little bit of our gambling now. Let's just dive in. There's one thing I want to mention before we get into the NFL. It's a little bit of college football. Navy won on Saturday solely because of the uniforms that they're wearing. And I will stand on that for forever. I will die on that hill. Yeah, I mean, you, that belief, you had it before the game, and it made us both some money. So yep. I'll, I'll let you die on that. I had, I, uh, I I had Navy plus seven and a half. I had the Navy money line. I had the under 35, and then I live bet Navy plus nine and a half. I felt go. great about Navy, and it was only <laughs> because they're uniforms. So I'm going to take that win. And uh, a really remarkable Sunday. Uh, I think the weekend leading up to the kickoff of the Bears game, I was like 9-3 and three or something ridiculous like that, or 6-3. and three. And then uh, after that, it didn't go well. So, <laughs> so it's whatever. Uh, but For like a quarter and a half though i was very i was very worried because it i mean it looked like yeah they might do it oh trust I, the me. over always looked in question yeah oh but. trust me we will get into that game but the nfl <laughs> a historical weekend on one aspect that you mentioned uh when we were kind of prepping for this show jason with the onside kicks yeah so four and one weekend and that's as many as there were the whole year leading up to this weekend. Right. Um, I tried to do a little, a little research and find out if that had happened. Um, and the closest I could find was uh, three in one week. Um, and it was, it was the game. Uh, it was all one game. It was the game that young way coup um, onside kicked three times successfully against the saints. That's right. I think um, that, that was, was a, just last year. So yeah, I think was that a, was that a Thanksgiving game for what I remember? Was that like yeah, Saints yeah, Falcons a, on Thanksgiving? I think I remember yeah. that one. Yeah. It, it, so that weekend, if they would have had one more onside, they would have matched what happened this weekend. But that's the closest I could find. I couldn't find another weekend mm, before. Yeah. Incredible. Uh, a wild weekend on that aspect. Both uh, primetime games, Sunday and Monday, both had a recovery on the onside kick, which is pretty cool. Um, but we'll get into some of these games. Uh, let's start with one of the their last night's game, uh, the Rams and the Cardinals. Rams win thirty to twenty three. It's our favorite team to talk about, Jason. The Los Angeles Rams. <laughs> uh, I was up on them, and then I was down on them. I might be back up on them. You were never up on them, so I want to give you the floor and see what your thoughts are on what we watched last night. I thought that they're very impressive. I thought um, the defensive front line played well. James Conner played well too, but I think, um, you know, the defense made some plays and, and even if they're going to give up yardage, 
Uh, if they if they get the turnovers like they did last night, I think that they can be competitive when they put the ball back in Stafford ha- Stafford's hands. Yep. Um, I think Sony Michelle looked good for two games in a row, which is um, something you know worthwhile going into the playoffs too. Um, I think still though, I think this is more about the Cardinals losing than the Rams winning. I um, couldn't agree with you more. Just me. I for yeah for uh, maybe, whatever. I mean, you know, I. You go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to say, I've been high on the Cardinals all year. You know, that was my preseason pick. Um, so I know for me, maybe I'm just like trying to give the Cardinals the out and not trying to talk about the Rams, but I think that it was their stupid mistakes. I mean, bad mistakes, yeah. uh, especially in the fourth quarter on that last drive. Um, I, there was, you know, the time you don't take the points on on fourth down, you go for it, you don't get it. Uh, you give the ball back to Stafford and he drives down immediately and scores. Um, I, I think that that the Cardinals can't be doing things like this if they're trying to be the team that that they hope to be in that I thought they were. Yeah, it was tough because they, you know, the the Rams really took their time with that scoring drive too after they after the um the Cardinals did not convert that fourth down. Rams really took their time going down the field. They chewed up some clock and then I, I don't know what Kyler was doing on that last play of they made that there he going back to the line, getting back to the line, you gotta you gotta spike the ball right there. Like that's just a rookie mistake, even though he's not a rookie, like that was a rookie mistake. You spike the ball right there and give yourself a chance at the Hail Mary. I think his linemen thought that it was going to be a spike and they just didn't even block anybody. So that was rough. That was tough to see. I don't know what's going on with the Cardinals at home all three of their losses have come at home uh to the packers to the panthers and now the rams uh <laughs> now they they give up to the they give up the one seed to the packers who probably are not going to let it up it, it just makes you wonder if this team is ready like you said to be on the big stage of the playoffs uh rams look good and uh <laughs> yeah i i did write down their remaining schedules you had the Rams, they have Seattle at Minnesota, at Baltimore, and San Francisco. So a couple of hard road games in between. And San Francisco, who we'll talk about, who just found themselves right back in this thing. Uh, and then the Cardinals at Detroit, Indianapolis, at Dallas, at Seattle, or Seattle at home. So you get to go to Detroit. That'll help. Indianapolis is a good team. Dallas is Dallas, a good team. And then Seattle's kind of whatever. Uh, a home game hopefully you think that you can do something with that but yeah you mentioned making a segment called can't do that and focusing around the cardinals so talk a little bit about that maybe we can make it a thing yeah i mean that's like that's just the thing i say out loud to myself when i watch these games last week it was the, it was the vikings right they're trying to be a playoff team and they're playing a team that they they have to beat and you know the lions and and they just play dumb and and you can't do that and then and that's the first thing i said to you last week so to the, this week i was watching and especially on that last drive when kyler like you said uh, i think 10 people on the offense think that they're spiking it and the quarterback's the only one who, who knows yeah. not to spike it and tries to to start a play yeah um so and and that's the first thing i said to myself when i watched i said whoop can't do that yep can't do uh, that not if you want to be where the cardinals want to be so Abs- they're this week's uh can't do that team yep absolutely absolutely right i love that we're going to make that a segment it's going to be across all sports so we're going to have one can't do that team of the week uh this week it is the cardinals right off the bat 
That was terrible. Absolutely terrible. Terrible clock management. Terrible management in the quarterback position. I do want to also open it up. Um, if you have a can't do that team that we miss, um, you know, we're going to open it to all sports. So I'm yes. not a big hockey guy. I don't know much about hockey. That's yeah. what's kind of cool about this new, um, you know, doing this in the app and having live listeners. So if you guys have a can't do that player, um, or I can't do that team, drop it in the chat. Tell us who it is. Yes, the chat is open. This is the benefit of listening to us live. The chat is there. And if you want to smash that like button 80 million times, we're okay with that too. Uh, so that was the Monday night football game. Uh, Rams 30, Cardinals 23. Uh, the Cardinals kind of gift wrapped the number one seed in uh, the NFC to the Packers, but we'll get to the Packers here in a little bit. Um, the next game I have on my list, I just kind of went down on the the games that kind of meant something here um bucks 33 bills 27 the bucks are tom brady's doing that december thing again uh that he always does so i don't want to focus too much on that because we knew it was coming but the buffalo bills what's happening what is happening in buffalo well this game was really weird because they showed both why they could be a contender and why they can't be a contender um like they went down huge and then they battled back um, and then they lost it, you know, on, on the, I think it was the first play of overtime, right? Or yep. was it second down? Uh, I don't remember what down it was that, that it happened, but. They just gave themselves so much work to do. So like once they got kicked into gear, they were down so many points. They had to fight against it. They were able to pull the tie. And then you could just see on that first drive that, that Brady had a chance to win it on. He won it because that defense was worn out just trying to get there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was brutal. I mean, the Bills really wore themselves out trying to catch back up to to the deficit they kind of gave themselves. Uh, Tom Brady electric on the ground. I don't know if you saw anything, but uh, on social media today, he was getting mad at Jim Nance and Tony Romo for not believing in his wheels uh, when he when he ran for those couple first downs in the first quarter. Uh, but he was having fun with it, and he should be having fun with it. I mean, the Bucks they they just keep moving up as as we expect, you know. And uh, Buffalo is is trending downward, which is a little alarming. They kind of gave they they gave up the division to to the New England, who now finds themselves in the one seed. Uh, the Bills don't really have an easy road ahead because they got to go to New England. Uh, I, you know what? I take that back. They absolutely have an easy road ahead. They do have the New England game, but it's Carolina, Atlanta, and the Jets at home. So they have a chance here to get three wins. And and up their seed in the AFC, that game at New England is going to be huge for them, though. Yeah, for sure. It is. It looking at at these two games that we just talked about next to each other. It's kind of funny that the Bills and the uh, the Cardinals have a lot of of similarities. That they they should each go three and one on the stretch. They're kind of uh, reeling from some losses uh, to some good teams, um, but I, I think that the Bills aren't aren't dead. Um, like you said, they should win three of these games. They could win, um, you know, all four uh, if they have a really good showing in New England. But uh, I, I think that they are trending down. And I think it is funny because that was my second half pick. Uh, we did the Rams. Yep. You know, I did the Rams preseason with you on, on your podcast and then reeled it back and, and went with the the Bills. I said when it got cold and um, it's cold and they're not playing well. So, yeah, but that and that's something else to consider, though, because. If the Bulls or the Bulls, <laughs> if the Bills, they have the opportunity, you know, they're, they're probably playing for a wild card now, if, unless they come and beat New England and New England kind of cools off a little bit. If they are a wild card team and they have to go somewhere on the road to play a game, 
they're from Buffalo, so they should be able to be okay in any type of weather. It's just depending on where they're going and who they're playing, you know? So right now, uh, as it shapes out, they are the seven seeds, so they would be playing the Titans uh, in Nashville. Uh, but, you know, that can change weekly as it changed last week. So uh, anything else on the Bills before we move on? No, no, I'm good to move on. Chat, please, if, by all means, uh, if you have anything to say, now is your chance. Uh, 49ers and Bengals. Uh, this was a fun game for me, Jason. Uh, about six, seven minutes left in the fourth quarter, the score was 20-6. to six, And I had the over 48 and a half. And I told my fiance Anna, that. And Anna said that I was done. And it was dead. And then the Bengals come back and tie the game. So it's 20 to 20 and we're going to overtime. And I told her, all I need is a field goal and then a touchdown. And that's exactly what happened. And I cashed my bet. It was the most incredible moment of my betting life. And the 49ers come back, or they <laughs> they let the Bengals come back, but still win the game. Uh, 26 to 23 in overtime. The 49ers are kind of back. Yeah, I mean, even without Debo Samuel, they're finding ways to move the ball. And, um, you know, they did a little bit there at the end. Um, I It's kind of similar to the Bills where they had they had to just work the whole time to get back, and, and the Bengals had to work so hard to get back there um, that even some Joe Burrow magic couldn't get them there yep. uh, in the end. I do think that the 49ers are back. I do think that they're good. I mean, they're a better offense than I anticipated. Um, but without Debo Samuel, I just don't think they can, I think much like the Bengals were doing in this game, I think the season for the 49ers is just working their way back and they're going to be exhausted by the time the playoffs come without their go-to guy in Debo. I just don't seem going that far. Yeah, that's tough. Uh, they are the sixth seed in the NFC right now. Uh, so they would be matched up against actually the Cardinals, uh, in Arizona. Uh, so that would be a divisional matchup in the, in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, but yeah, you know what? Good for them. I kind of written them. I kind of writ them off early in the year, uh, and here they are coming back and and making it making some noise in the in the NFC West. Uh, as for the Bengals, man, that AFC North division is just a mess right now. We thought that it was going to be the best division in football, and now it may <laughs> it's certainly may not be the best, but it's definitely super competitive up there right now. Yeah, I think that not only the Bengals, but the whole division has really shown their age um, over yeah. the season because they started out really hot. Uh, the Ravens looked really good. Lamar looked like the man to carry him. I don't know about like into the postseason now um, for this season for Lamar. Um, same thing with Joe Burrow. I think uh, the wheels are kind of coming off uh, with him and Jamari Chase a little bit. Um, so the whole division's kind of showing their age. Um, and, you know, the the one kind of rising to the top might end up being uh, the Steelers who, you know, I, I mean, at least Ben Roethlisberger has the experience, um, you know, and, and the know-how that's really what every other team in this division needs right now. Yep. They need a quarterback who's going to run, run the game and, and know how to get them there. Um, and, and Joe Burrow's just running out of steam and, and that whole division seems to be doing the same. Yeah. So let's go ahead uh, and let's let's incorporate this talk with the with the 49ers Bengals in with the Browns and Ravens uh, and then also the Vikings Steelers just while we're on the AFC North here. So 
Uh, the Browns beat the Ravens 24-22. to uh, The Ravens kind of had to come back in that game. Uh, they were down early and fast uh, and then came back in the second half. Just wasn't enough. Lamar Jackson went down. Uh, actually did not even finish the game. Uh, I don't really know his status right now for next week. Uh, but anytime your best player, especially on the Ravens, who have been injury-riddled the entire season, uh, going back to the first day of training camp, um, it it's gonna it's gonna be tough if they have to go another game without Lamar. Luckily, they had to play the Bears when Lamar was out the first time, so that helped them a lot. Uh, but other than that, if they have to go another game without Lamar, I mean their schedule remaining is. Green Bay, at Cincinnati, the Rams, and then Pittsburgh. That's not easy to do without your star quarterback. No, I could easily see them losing four games out of those four without. Yeah, they. Yeah, they. They could absolutely lose to Green Bay, who's just. I mean, they're clicking on all cylinders right now, and that's not easy for me to say. Uh, Cincinnati, who we've seen struggle two weeks in a row, but eventually they're going to figure it out. I mean, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase is a is a is a matchup that is very hard to tame, and the Ravens secondary is nothing spectacular by any means. And then you have the Rams, who we just found out are for real, and Pittsburgh, who's going to give you a good game no matter what. Uh, it is in Baltimore that game, which would help them a little bit, but Pittsburgh's hanging around too, so they. They did just lose to the Vikings 36-28 to on Thursday night, but they're still going to hang around in this division that nobody seems to want to win. Yeah, and again, I, I really think, I mean, just looking at that schedule and looking at, at what teams could rise to the top, I, I'm not afraid to say I think the Steelers could be there, uh, especially if Lamar's out for an indefinite amount of time. Um, I don't really see the Browns as like a real contender and t- with Baker Mayfield, I've, I'm just, I've never been a Baker Mayfield guy. No. Um, I think we see Odell, we see Odell thriving in, in Los Angeles. And we think maybe it was, you know, Baker that was missing him there. Um, and, and so nothing special. They're going to really rely on the run game. They're kind of like the, uh, the Titans with Derrick Henry. They're kind of like the Kmart version of, yeah. um, and so I don't, I don't see that doing really well down the stretch. Um, and then, you know, like we talked about the Bengals, like you said, Jamari Chase and Joe Burrow, that is a talented group, but a, a group that's playing where they've never been. They've never been in the NFL together. You know, they've never, um, they've never played in, you know, in meaningful games this late into a season. So yep. um, I think Ben leads the team and, and rises to the top. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, will be the first to tell you that I was wrong about this division because I said that Baker Mayfield and Odell Beckham Jr. and the Browns were going to figure it out. And obviously Odell Beckham definitely didn't figure it out. Baker is playing hurt. Uh, He was out for a little bit on Sunday as well. So the Browns are just that team that's just kind of lingering around. Uh, So they're definitely on the decline. The Ravens are on the decline. I did say when I, when I picked the Browns to win this division to watch out for Cincinnati, and I still believe Cincinnati is right there in the discussion. But if I were to rank these uh, teams, one, two, three, four, going into next week, I think I would have Bengals one, Steelers two, Ravens three, Browns four. Steelers are just going to be that team. They have veteran presence that they just could rattle off a couple wins here and then win a division that nobody seems to want to win and then sneak their way into a home playoff game, 
win that, and then all of a sudden they're a couple games away from a Super Bowl. So who knows, you know? Anything could happen in this division. Absolutely. And I will say that, I mean, it's not likely to happen. It is a little bit of a hot take, for, um, you know, to say that they will, they would win. They have the least points forced and the most points allowed this season So, uh, in the division. So they, by those statistics, are the worst team in the division, but they have those intangibles that you talked about. Yep. Uh, Anna in the chat says you're kissing up partially because she, <laughs> I may be kissing up partially because she's upstairs making me dinner. So anyways, all right. So that's enough of the AFC North. That was annoying. <laughs> let's, let's move on here. Uh, Cowboys, Washington football team, Cowboys hang on 27 to 20. They dominated this game. This was another game that was a miracle bet win for me because I had the under, uh, under 48 in this game. And the Cowboys were up 18 to nothing super fast. And I was like, okay, everybody just settle down. And then they did settle down. But then Washington started coming back. And uh, it was a miracle blocked extra point that kept me in the win circle uh, for this bet. So it was under 48. Uh, Cowboys win 27 to 20. Uh, they looked great in the first half. The, the defense was spectacular all day, really. They gave up a couple of scoring drives, but the, the Cowboys' defense is absolutely 100% for real. Uh, the offense definitely has some questions, but the Cowboys are looking like a threat in the NFC, and I'm just obliged to believe in Stephen A. Smith that they're an accident waiting to happen, quite frankly. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, I, I don't I don't know about this Cowboys team because you know the defense is so good, but it seems like there's like an inverse of how good the defense is and how bad Dak Prescott is. Yep. Like as the defense gets better and better, Dak gets worse and worse. It's like he almost had to be the gunslinger that threw 40 times and um and and won games, you know, 38, 35. Yeah. Um, so I don't know if he can be the game manager that that compliments his great defense i don't know if he can run that type of game where he's throwing 25 times they go a big early and then they just sit on a lead and some questionable play calling in this game too i watched it i watched this game in full and in the second half later in the second half even when they typically like you just run the ball like just run the clock out and they were back there passing that was partially why the the Washington football team scored is because they got a pick six and like one of the worst interceptions I've seen. Uh, and, and they, they could have just been running the ball and running the clock out and, and taking away time from Washington, but you know, credit to Washington. They Taylor Heineke was out and in and out and in an injury. And, uh, they stayed in this football game and they still are hanging on to the seven seed in the playoffs. So they're hanging, they're hanging around. They got at Philadelphia, then they go back to Dallas, and then they got Philadelphia at home, and then the Giants. So you get a couple wins against Philly and the Giants, and then they hang on to that seven seed, make the playoffs for the second year in a row. Something may be happening here in Washington in the future. Yeah, definitely. I, I don't think that they're going to go very far this year. I think they could definitely repeat what they did last year, a playoff birth and then immediate loss to, you know, a higher seeded team that you kind of expect to beat them. Um, but I think that there, there's a very intriguing question um, in the, in the future of, of Washington football team. And that's not what their name is going to be, but who their quarterback is going to be. Uh, is it going to be Heineke? Do you, do you draft a guy next year? Like, I, I mean, if he does pretty much what he's done this year for the rest of the year, if he has a playoff game similar to last year, but they lose, 
is he your guy going into next year? Or yeah. Do you take, you know, your first round pick. And it's tough because he, he's, he's, he's struggled with injuries too. So it's really tough to say, like, is, is he a durable guy? Can he, can he go? Um, but yeah, that is a huge question for them. What their future is their defense, you know, their defense looks promising. They get a couple more pieces. You add a couple pieces in, on the offensive line through the draft. You, you find a veteran running back who can, who can just put, get you two, three yards of carry. Taylor Heineke figures it out. I don't know. Something may be happening in Washington. Um, but we do need to discuss also what their name is going to be. I don't know if you have any great ideas, but the Washington Generals would, is just hanging like a low-hanging fruit from a tree. You know, just that's what I want. Yeah, that's I, I agree. It should be the Washington Generals. I don't know, like, I don't have a whole lot of interest in who they are as a team or, you know, or who, what they pick. I know that I was very interested in them getting rid of that name. I think that, like, names shouldn't be offensive to people. Sure. Um, and if – you know, if there's a lot of people holding their hand up, we should just go, Hey, let's pick a different one. Yeah. It's not that hard to rebrand. Um, unless you're the Cleveland guardians and you, did you hear the story really quick? Yeah, no. Yeah. We have plenty of time about the Cleveland guardians trying to buy. Yes. So the Cleveland guardians tried to, to buy or try, they named themselves the Cleveland guardians. And then when they went to do merch, they found out there was a minor league, uh, roller derby team, in um in cleveland called the cleveland guardians who would turn down six figures uh to give up the name from the from the former indians the cleveland baseball team could not have the guardians and so as merch was due to drop uh they for no reason pulled it and said we can't drop that merch and it took like another week for them to figure out the name and they finally reached an agreement with this roller hockey derby team yeah incredible story um, they did reach an agreement, and it is the Cleveland Guardians. On top of that, the day that they started selling merch for the Cleveland Guardians, they put up the sign uh, at the new team store uh, at the stadium, and it definitely fell down and shattered. Like the day that they started selling <laughs> stuff. So Cleveland being Cleveland again. Um, but yeah, you yeah. know what? I kind of like. I kind of am enjoying a little bit this this uh, <laughs> the names kind of changing a little bit, get a little new flair. Uh, like I'm going to mistakenly call them the Indians for the next three years because just habit, but eventually I'm going to catch on to the guardians. Uh, I'm excited to hear what Washington football team is going to do. I'm sure there's a couple of other teams out there that should probably do some changes and I'm okay with it. Uh, but you know, that's a story for another day. We'll talk about that. Definitely on the show. We got whenever, uh, especially when baseball stops locking out, but, um, yeah, if you got any ideas uh, for the Cleveland or the Washington football team names, drop them in the chat. And we'll read them out. Uh, let's reset here once again. My name is Tommy. Uh, I host a podcast called The Tommy Experience. Uh, my pal Jason is here with me. Uh, we host Tuesday Takes every Tuesday uh, at 6 o'clock Central Time here on the ColorCast app. Uh, if you don't listen to it live, we got the podcast coming out Wednesday mornings. Uh, and then make sure you listen to The Tommy Experience podcast and follow us on Twitter. Uh, so there's your little commercial plug halfway through. Uh, all right, Chiefs 48, Raiders 9. Before this game started, the Raiders had their team huddle on the Chiefs logo at the 50-yard line where all of the Chiefs fans and the Chiefs players could see. If Derek Carr is your quarterback and you don't really have a full-time head coach, this is the last thing that you should do against the Patrick Mahomes offense. Yeah, I can't do that. <laughs> They yeah the can't do that the uh in the two games 
that the Chiefs played against the Raiders, they put up over 90 points on them. Uh, so <laughs> not much to say other than I don't. And, you know, this is a this is a conversation that I'm ready to have. But before we do that, I just want to talk about how terrible the Raiders are now. Yeah, I mean, their season just went way downhill. They had some big early wins. They look like a team that might be able to put it together. Derek Carr looked like he might make another MVP run. Um, and then all of a sudden, um, out of nowhere, controversy hit. And um, and it really just derailed the whole season. You know, it it didn't really derail when the controversy hit with Gruden because they still came back the next week and won after that because John Gruden's last game was the Bears game and the Bears beat them in Las Vegas. Shout out Bears. Uh, but then they come back and they win that next game. And then, you know, they had their wide receiver do the whole drinking and driving and killing someone thing. Uh, and they kind of made it through that too. And it felt like they were just going to be this team of destiny in the West that just hung on. And they were in a playoff spot for a really long time. And then, and then Kansas City came to town and just, and just wiped the floor clean with them. And then they did it again on Sunday. Yeah. I don't, I think that they were still reeling from that stuff. I think like, like Derek Carr, poor guy. I mean, he's had a terrible year um, and he keeps having to answer questions about, his coach in a strip club and, you know, and, and his, his best friend wide receiver killing somebody. And it's just like, wow, like guys had a tough year. Um, and I think it's just starting to take its toll uh, on, on him and the entire team. I, I going and doing that on the center, you know, doing your team huddle on the, on the, the logo in the, in the center field of a team that put up 40, you know, how many did they put up? Forty-two in their first meeting. Forty-three. In it was in. The, it was in the forties. I don't remember. I didn't write down the exact yeah. number, but it was in the forties. That is a brain dead move. That's a move of 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 a team that is emotionally tired. I think, um, and they wanted to kind of stir the pot, but that's not the team you stir the pot against. Yeah. And before we get to the Chiefs, I just have one more question about the Raiders. Uh, are we seeing the end? The last four games of Derek Carr in uh, Vegas as the Raiders quarterback. I think we could be, I think he, he seems like a loyal guy. He seems like the guy that kind of wants to make it work. Um, I think the better question is if he, where could he go? Where, where would be a good fit? I mean, he's a great quarterback and he'd fit in a lot of systems. Um, but I, I, I don't know how many teams are going to be, you know, trying to maybe give up what they need to, to get him and to bring him into yeah. the system. What, what do you think? Do there's you think a, he'll be highly sought after? Uh, I don't know if he'll be highly sought after, but there's a couple teams that I can make an argument for, uh, for like a Derek Carr, uh, as far as a starting role, you know, we just talked about the Washington football team, you know, that like a fresh start, maybe with a, with a premier defense, uh, and a couple and a, and just some help on the offensive line. That could be a good place for him. I don't think Detroit is really convinced that Jared Goff is their guy. He's more of a transition guy. Maybe you get in a Derek Carr for a little less money or, or whatever the trade would be. Uh, I don't And I don't know Derek Carr's financial situation either. I don't know if he's on the last year of his deal or if he, it would have to be a trade thing. Um, but he has one more he has one more year, so he's through 2022. Okay. Um, so so you're talking about yeah. a one year thing, a trade. Um, I know. I know the Lions have some draft capital, uh, and you could send Jared Goff in the in the other direction. You know, uh, Washington football team. 
I I think if you don't trust Heineke to be that guy, I think that would be a good a good landing spot for him. But realistically, for Derek Carr, he's probably looking at a backup position. Yeah, I mean, the one thing that I will say is that he's he's pretty cheap next year. Um, so uh, he's signed for nineteen and a half. That that contract that he signed in twenty seventeen, um, it was that that really big five year deal, the five year one hundred twenty five thousand. It was really backloaded. Um, okay. Or, I'm sorry, front loaded. Yeah. So, um, so in twenty twenty two, he'll make a, a little south of of twenty million. Um, and I don't think that a team is giving up that much paying 20 million to a quarterback. If he's the starter, um, I don't think anybody trades for him. If he's the backup, what do the Raiders do? I mean, do they draft someone over him? I think that we see him back just because he wants to be there and they don't really have any better options. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see. Um, and that, and you know, the Raiders are another team that needs to figure it out and decide what they're going to do for their future. Uh, they're not going anywhere anytime soon. So it may be a strip it down and figure it out situation for them as well. Um, all right. Now uh, I've delayed it long enough. Let's talk about the Chiefs. Uh, you know, they like I said, they've scored over 90 points uh, against this Raiders team in the last few weeks. They're kind of on a roll right now. They're the three seed in the in the AFC. I don't know if I still trust their offense. Uh, and I know that's hard to say with Pat Mahomes as the quarterback, but their defense has done a complete 180 and are kind of elite now. And and I can't tell if that's like true or am I just seeing them play the Raiders twice? Yeah, I mean, it's it's been a short run, but I'll hold my hands up because I said I thought they were done. I, I They really reminded me of like the early 2000s. Yeah, I was right there with you. I thought they were yeah. done too. But I mean, teams do 180s, bad defenses. Defense is such an enigma. It's like, it's it's football's bullpen. You know, yeah. like one year you're great, one year you're not. One day you're great, one day you're not. Great it's analogy. Really strange and uh, there's and there's always been talent on that def or on that defense. You know, there's always it's even when they're underperforming, people were looking at it and saying, with this roster, how are they that bad? Yeah. Um, but I think I'm looking at it now and saying. With that roster, how are they that good? Because I think they're mediocre. The answer is more in the middle. Um, and when that happens, uh, what they have to lean on is Patty Mahomes. So I think it does come back to him. Is he is he the guy that that won them that Super Bowl? Can he be that guy down the stretch while a mediocre defense does its thing? Yep. Great analogy on the bullpen thing. I completely agree with you. Uh, the remaining schedule for the Chiefs is at Chargers this Thursday night. So short turnaround for both the Chargers and the and the uh, Chiefs. I don't have the Chargers written down, but they just obliterated the Giants. Uh, I don't know much to talk about there. Justin Herbert's the real deal. We'll have more to talk about after Thursday night's game, I think. Uh, but at the Chargers Thursday night, uh, and then they play Pittsburgh at home. That'll be a great game. At Cincinnati and then at Denver. So three road games, three hard road games uh coming up here so it, if if the if the chiefs are going to be for real we're going to see it right here yeah i what i'm hoping for and this is selfish 
but I'm hoping that the Broncos stay in it because I will be at mile high for that, um, that game against the chiefs. And I would like to see some playoff implications on the line. Hell yes. Love it. And speaking of being in attendance for games tomorrow night, uh, Anna and I will be at the, uh, Blackhawks game against the Capitals. So definitely hit the Blackhawks money line and throw the over on it because that's, what's going to happen. Cause I will be there. Anyways, uh, also, while we're talking right now, uh, I have this at the bottom of the sheet, but I just want to bring it up now. Uh, Steph Curry is going for the record of, of all-time three-pointers in almost half the games that uh, it was done uh, by, why is his name blinking? Ray Allen. Ray Allen. By Ray Allen. Uh, he got one in the first and he needs one more to break the record, so I will announce it when it happens. I have it on in front of my face right now. Uh, but he did hit one in the first, and he's going for his second. Uh, we're seeing history. Is it in the? Is are we still in the first quarter? We are still in the first quarter, and I may have a wager that he breaks the record in the first quarter. I don't know. I'm just saying. I, I'm just saying. I went. I went with that as well. Okay. I used there was a fifty percent profit boost on uh, on one of the sports books, so I used it. Um, it's DraftKings, uh, so if you go on there, use the fifty percent boost, you can get up to plus one thirty eight that he breaks it in the first quarter. No Probably even better now, but yeah, yeah. Also, if there's a sports book out there that wants to sponsor us for just being degenerate gamblers yeah. responsibly, we will absolutely <laughs> take that deal one hundred percent. We won't even yeah. think about it. Um, okay. Tommy will give you your money back. <laughs> yeah, yeah, straight up. I will give you your money back right away because I suck <laughs> at this responsibly, of course. I'm saving for a wedding responsibly. All right. So uh, moving on. So that was the Chiefs game. Uh, we touched on the Browns and Ravens because of the of the thing. And Steph Curry just broke the record of the three-pointers. So Jason and I just cashed that bet live. They called a timeout. He's getting a standing ovation at the Garden, at Madison Square Garden. Uh, his family's in attendance. Ray Allen is there. Reggie Miller's there. Uh, so good for him. Uh, real quick, let's just, let's just talk about this. Steph Curry changed the way basketball is played. He made he the three-pointer cool. He was more revolutionary than than any player that I've ever seen play the game. The closest was Allen Iverson yeah. growing up. Um, yeah, but he showed, I mean, being, I, I'm 5'8 now, but I grew up, you know, and that's normal-ish now. I'm still on the small side, but I was always undersized growing up. And I know there's a lot of kids like me that need to see somebody play basketball that looks like Steph Curry, where he's a foot smaller than everybody, and he's yeah. throwing him up from the three-point line. And he made basketball achievable because as cool as LeBron is, as good of a player as he is, you don't look at Le LeBron, and not a lot of people look at LeBron and like see themselves in LeBron because he's just a monster human being. Um, you know, you don't look at yourself in Shaquille O'Neal and be like, "Well, he's a lot like me." But you can see Steph throwing up them threes from long and and, yeah. and and identify with that for sure. Absolutely. I mean one of the one of the coolest guys like he's one of the most liked, like lovable players in NBA history. I don't know anybody that hates Steph Curry, you know? Like Michael yeah. had his haters. LeBron definitely has his haters and stuff. I don't know a guy that hates Steph Curry. Like on or off the court, yeah. like fans or players. Like he's just he's just one of the most likable guys. 
Uh, I'm I'm watching now. I'm seeing the reactions of people courtside. Pete Davidson is courtside for God's sakes. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> uh, but congratulations to him. Uh, that's awesome. The only things that I can think of across sports that like are kind of like this, like revolutionary, like how he changed the three pointer in basketball. I'm tr- I'm trying to think like Tiger Woods in golf. Uh, Wayne Gretzky like scoring so many or having so many points in hockey like those are the things that come to mind with Steph Curry's doing so good for him he derailed our football conversation and I love it <laughs> also I think the what like I think a good analogy would be like some of the guys that came along and were five tool players for the first time in baseball like the guys who could hit and run uh, hit for power and steal um, and play good defense yeah. Um, like I, I think, uh, you know, I think in soccer, there's some parallels with like forwards who drop into the midfield and, and can exchange passes or fullbacks that are bombing forward down the wings that play almost two positions at once. Yeah. Um, but I can't, I can't remember one person doing it in any of those sports, uh, baseball. There was, there were several that did it, um, for years, they were looking for those five tool guys in soccer. You know, there's, there's plenty of different athletes that, that do it. Alfonso Davies, a Canadian is doing it in Byron right now, like things like that. But, but it's a, it's a generational change. It's not a one player change. Like it was in basketball. Yeah. If Steph Curry had been around when I was young, I would have taken a lot more interest in basketball. I think. No, I hear you. I hear you. Um, so that just happened. Uh, good for him. Uh, this is great for great for the game really, because I mean, he did it in half the amount of games that Ray Allen did it, and he's probably got still over half of his career to go, which is incredible to think about. So, uh, from one <laughs> from one revolutionary player to unfortunately another, I'm gonna hand over the keys to you for a little bit uh, because I'm gonna gather my thoughts on the Packers and the Bears game. Yeah, do you, I have a question for you actually? Okay. Do you think that? Um, do you think that if Aaron Rodgers did go down and they brought in the doppelganger from the audience and, and dress him up, do you think he still could have beat the bears? <sighs> Look, all right, here's the dealio. I, I don't even know what to say. Like, Congrat like okay, Aaron Rodgers, like he scored like he's twenty two and seven against the Bears, whatever. Uh he should be twenty five or twenty seven and zero against the Bears. Like there there's no reason why he should have lost any games to the Bears. So why are we praising him for doing something that any good, decent quarterback should be doing? Beating the Bears repeatedly. Like, I don't know. I get it, he's a good quarterback, whatever. But the Bears teams that he's going up against, he's going up against a team that the head coach, the general manager, the president of football operations, and the executive are helping him win. So how are you not doing this? There was a few years ago, Jason, and I wrote about this on TommyExperience.com. You should all go and read all the blogs because you can just laugh at my pain, and I'm okay with that as long as you just read what I write. Uh, There was a few years ago where there was a press conference after the Bears uh, fired a couple of their the, the head coach and the general manager, and they were talking about Virginia McCaskey, who is a 90-million-year-old lady uh, that owns the Bears, and they said that she was pissed and not happy. If she was really pissed 
and she really did really did care as much as they said she did, she would absolutely be deceased by now because she could not handle the amount of frustration and pain that we go through on a yearly basis two times a year. And it's just the most frustrating thing on planet Earth that nobody above a player gets it. And it's frustrating, and I hate it, and I hate everyone, and Matt Nagy's at the front of the line to get punched in the face. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um. I yeah. It's it's always hard to to tell a fan that like you know not to have those emotions about a team. I I've felt that way about ownerships of teams before. Um. You know, being an Angels fan with Artie Marino, being an Arsenal fan with Stan Kroenke, I get the you know the anger towards um, the front office. I get the anger yeah. towards management. What I will say is I do think you do your guys on the field a little bit of a disservice um, just counting it off like like it was always going to be a loss because I I thought they looked really good in the first quarter, good in the first half, and then the better team did win. The more talent on the field won, but there yeah. were some very good performances out of guys wearing Chicago uh, Bears uniforms. Absolutely, so and you know what? I will say that. Yeah. No, it, you're absolutely right. There were some incredible performances by Bears players on Sunday night, and and you know I wish I could give them the credit, but the 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 just the stupidity and the ignorance uh, above the player position is what takes it away for them. And I feel terrible, but this is the case every time because Matt Nagy does not know how to construct a plan to regroup and reassess the situation at halftime. They asked Matt LaFleur what his halftime adjustments were, and then he came out, we got to run the ball, we got to give the ball to Devontae Adams more. They asked Matt Nagy, and he said, man, this is fun. That was his response as a head coach in the National Football League. Like, you're just the biggest moron on planet Earth, and, like, I just can't wait until he's unemployed. I'm sorry. Like, I T's and P's to his family. I want the best for his boys and his wife. Uh, maybe like divorce him. I don't know. <laughs> just, just, would just that, be unemployed. Be for him? Just be for unemployed. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I, I get it. Like I said, I get it. I, I've we've gone through this at Arsenal uh, a couple years ago with Unai Emery was a coach, and yeah, and I felt the same way. And I was just like, get rid of him. But the thing is, what you want when you're hoping for a management change is you want the roster to be ready for somebody to come in tomorrow and to have some, some gems to, to kind of sort through and, and, and are the players on the field? It, it is still very important. And I think you lose sight of that sometimes yeah. when you're caught up in these, this anger towards management. And so I think seeing guys like uh, who is number uh, 17. I yeah, that was you Grant. About, that was Grant. Um, yeah. We talked Grant, Grant Jr. Yeah. yeah. Grant Jr. Might be a, might be the next Tyreek Hill. I mean, he's, he's small, but he can do a little bit of everything. Uh, you know, guys like that, when you can uncover gems like that, um, I think if a new management can step in tomorrow, the bears aren't working on a three-year plan. They're working on a year and a half to be back to a competitive you're, team. You're absolutely um, so I think that's dead on. Important. You are dead on there that it. Th this is within a year and a half kind of like a turnaround thing with a new regime because the talent on this roster is there. You had the talent on the defense and you have the talent on the offense. Like Grant, like you said, he could come out of the slot. He can be the next Tariq Hill. David Montgomery should be one of the top running backs in the league, but he's not given the opportunity. And Justin Fields, once he gets a offensive like plan that suits what he's capable of doing 
Watch out for this team. But until the regime changes, it's not going to happen. So there we go. That was my Bears rant. Um, shout out to everybody for listening. Thank you so much for being here. Uh, we, we, uh, <laughs> my computer just died, and we lost Jason. So we're going to invite him as a co-host here so we can put things, keep things moving along. So the Bears lost. Bears lost to the to the Packers. It was forty five to thirty. I was very upset at the situation, uh, and I, I, like I said, nothing nothing changes until the leadership changes. Uh, we got Jason back now. Jason, I apologize. My computer died uh, right on your face, and I'm really sorry about it. Uh, <laughs> but I'm glad you're back. I kept the ship rolling while you were gone. Okay, cool. You, I was worried you would crash the ship. You were the one I was most worried about while I was gone. Yeah. No. Yeah. That was. Yeah. That wasn't me just jumping. But, but we said positive things about the Bears. I like. I. I think that that's good. I think. I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. I think that there was a lot of positives from that game. So I think yeah. seeing that positive is good. Um. And and I will say the Packers uh, are probably going to be the one seed and and, you know, probably gonna gonna win the Super Bowl. Uh, they look super good. Uh, you know um, what? That was a one-two combination. If you're giving me a bet between Go the Packers ahead. and the field, I'm going to take the field because I promise you the Packers will not win the Super Bowl. If they win the Super Bowl, uh, I will I can, jump in Lake Michigan. I think that they, what they can do with their defense, if they stay healthy, where they, or I'm sorry, with their run game, where where it's that one-two punch. Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon might be the best complementary duo in the NFL right now. Um, I, I do think the the Bengals have a better one-two punch, but they don't complement each other as well. Um, I think Kareem Hunt and uh, um, and Nick Chubb are more similar, um, yeah. but I do think that um, these two are are the way that they use them, the way they use Jones's speed off of Dylan's power, um, and then they have that Devonte Adams to to lean on, and that defense is very good as well. Um, I would take them and let you have the field, honestly. Thank you. Um, the way they're playing. All right. Well, maybe we'll work out a negotiation here for that. Um, in the chat, Pat says Bears will play the Dolphins in the Super Bowl in three years. Uh, Pat, I'm sorry to tell you that the Dolphins are going to need a little more than three years to get their shit together. <laughs> um, all right. That was no, so. I'm with Pat. Oh, you're with Pat? Okay. Uh, right Miles now, Gaskin is a superstar. He, he could very well be. He could very well be. It depends on what they're going to do at the quarterback position. Um, pl- sure. Playoffs right now uh, in the AFC. Patriots are your one seed, followed by the Titans, Chiefs, and Ravens. Uh, and then your wild card spots are the Chargers, Colts, and the Bills. Uh, in the NFC, the Packers are the one seed with the Bucks, Cards, and Cowboys leading their divisions. Rams, 49ers, and Washington football team hold the wild card spots. So there you have it in the NFC West, three of the four teams in playoff positions, uh, and then two teams in the East. Uh, and then in the AFC, you got two East teams and the Patriots and Bills in there. You got two South teams with the Titans and the Colts, uh, and then two West teams with the Chiefs and the Chargers. So a little more diverse in the AFC. Uh, the NFC West is kind of a little bit surprising. A uh, couple teams still in the hunt. Uh, where do you do you like where it's at, or do you think it's going to change before we get to the end of it? Um, I do think if anything changes, it would be like we talked about the Ravens falling out of it. 
um, and the Steelers taking that spot or maybe the, the Browns taking that spot or possibly even the Bengals. Um, but I think that other than that spot, I think that the other positions are locked in in the AFC. Okay. All right. You heard it from the man. Uh, they don't call him stats for nothing. That's Jason Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at jpotweets. My name is Tommy. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at TommyIrby36. Follow the show at Tommy Experience. Go to TommyExperience.com. You can find all the links to the podcast and everything. There's some blogs on there. Um, we make our daily picks on the Twitters, uh, so make sure you're checking that out. Uh, real quick, uh, Jason, before we end this thing up, I, I just want to ask, you're the, you're the soccer man. Can you give me a little bit of a soccer update? What's happening in the soccer world? Well, there was something really controversial that happened uh, this this week in Champions League with the draw. Um, so Real Madrid drew Benfica, which is arguably the best team to draw against, um, probably the team that they wanted to see. Um, and then it turned out that um, they had done UEFA, UEFA had done the draw wrong, um, and that they'd have to redraw everything. And it had happened after the Real um, the Real pick, so Real had had argued that theirs wasn't affected so they didn't need to redraw theirs and they would get to still play Benfica. U- UEFA told them no, you have to redraw. They redraw uh, redrew um and got PSG uh the 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 favorites. So um they're pretty upset um but that's going to be a great game. Uh we also have uh Ronaldo uh getting to play Atletico Madrid. He's knocked them out of the competition five times already in his wow. career. So um Maybe they can exercise a demon, uh, Atletico Madrid, um, or maybe we see Manchester knock them out um, and, and Ronaldo, you know, continue to keep laughing. So, yeah, um, I will also say moving on from the Champions League, um, just in soccer, a lot of Premier League games, a uh, huge Arsenal game tomorrow uh, between West Ham, who sit in fourth in the table um, and Arsenal, who sit in sixth. Um, so they have a chance. Uh, to really, really make make a jump um, if they're able to win, and then Man United uh, lose their next game, uh, Arsenal would be top four. So big game for them, big game for West Ham, and uh, also big game for Man U. Um, that's a game we'll be betting. If you check Twitter, we'll definitely have it up. But we'll be doing soccer all week long in the mornings. Hell yes, I will be all over Arsenal. Arsenal is my soccer team, which makes sense because they just. They are just, they are the bears of the Premier League, quite honestly. So, uh, makes all the sense in the world. So, thank you for that, Jason. Um, any final thoughts before we end this thing? Nope, I'm gonna win again this week, though, in our quote-unquote friendly competition <laughs> of bets. Uh, but like I said earlier, uh, follow us on Twitter and make sure you're following along. Uh, we did make a little bit of money last week, um, at least doing soccer. Uh, football we're gonna we're gonna do better this week sweet all right so that's jason porter my name is tommy irby thank you so much for listening uh make sure you like and subscribe the podcast version of this on on uh spotify apple Podcasts, whatever uh you can check out tommyexperience.com for everything else um this was almost a successful show if i had plugged in my computer uh but maybe we'll just make you the co-host next time we'll roll from there so thank you everybody for listening And uh, we'll do it again next week. Take care, guys.